and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 2. With your host, Byron Rogers, this podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the Private Security Professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective Executive Protection Agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, guys? Byron Rogers here. And today I've got Raul Martinez with me, and uh, yeah. it's an honor to have you on, man. What's up? Dude, it's a pleasure to be here, bro. Thanks for making time for me. <sighs> Likewise, man. I know you're busy because I'll be seeing uh. you just like you're here, then you're here. Like, I'm just following you on the gram. I'm like, this dude is moving like as much, as much if not more than I am. So that's what's up. Try, man. It's it, and like you said, it's a lifestyle thing. We're always moving, always taking <laughs> uh, programs to different places. So it's a lot of fun. Definitely mm-hmm. miss home a lot. And then when I'm home, I just try to take as much advantage as I can. Like today I'm home and we agreed on this and I'm like, I got time. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Now you just (laughs) agreed to it real quick too. Like sometimes I got to like warm dudes up. Like it's cool, bro. It's not going to be live. Like, you know, like you were like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah. let's do it. I was like, okay, word. That's what's up. Yeah, man. That's, that's the whole thing. It's like the idea of being open-minded and allowing information to flow. Like it should be that way, you know, like too much control over things, make it less organic and just, yeah not cool no i know and it's it says a lot about your uh identity and the way you are for you to just be able to be like yeah like let's let's whip it on like whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so yeah. it's, it's a big confidence thing um so what drew me to you man is you know i seen these videos on the gram <laughs> where you guys are going like full contact you know yeah. I'm like are these dudes in brazil like where, where are they at doing this <laughs> and uh you're right here in Riverside, California. And I was like, this has got to happen. So I got to catch up with you, you guys at one of those courses. Then obviously I started following you and reading your content. And I was like, oh, this yeah. guy's got some thoughts. I really want to try to get out to the game, you know, for protectors and for, for you know, regardless of vocation, uh, regardless of background, man. So that's that's really what what started this combo for me. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's funny that you you mentioned the Brazil thing, because yeah. <laughs> uh, as soon as I started posting these videos, and it's nothing new, right? There's a lot of dudes doing this in the space. There's a lot of great guys doing it with yeah. great programs, and they've been out for a while. I just wanted to bring our program out, and okay. our program is just a little more vicious, and I get, and I don't mean vicious like in a bad way, like you're going to come and get hurt, but you're going to get some nicks and bruises, and the guys... The feedback from the the people in the class, dude, afterwards, they're like, dude, I want to join a gym. I want to fight. They they just, it reinvigorates their purpose. And that's the idea. Like, I'm not trying to come and change the game with my program. And it's a program that was compiled from a bunch of different other people's stuff. It's like, like, there's nothing new to fighting. We've been fighting since mankind met another dude and was like, well, I want to see who's stronger. Right. So it's like, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just like shooting. There's nothing new. It's tactics may change depending on the environments we find ourselves in but yeah. there's nothing new about fighting it's just putting together a program that's a lot of fun and it gives people the experience and it lets them know 
where they need to be and what they should be doing to get better. And that's what yeah. these dudes say. So now I have guys hit me up and they're like, yeah, I want to take your course again, but I'm going to go do uh, BJJ at this gym or I'm going to yeah. go do boxing at this gym. And I'm like, that was the goal to get that you was, training, dude. Yeah. yeah, that's always the goal. And that's the main thing I got dudes hitting me up like, yo, I'm going to buy one of these guns or I'm going to hit this other gun. I'm like, bro, rookies purchase hardware. You need to invest in your software, bro. And that's yeah. really how you start to win this game. And the other thing when you were talking... I feel like your training helps people understand that they're not so fragile. And that's like nope. huge in today's world. We're like, everybody's trying to be PC and I want to <laughs> hurt your feelings. You know what I mean? Oh, like it's so bad. <laughs> God bless them. God bless them. But yeah, like yeah. it's so valuable to know, like you can get punched in the face and you'll be okay. Like someone can slam you on the floor, like time to scrap, yeah. you know? And that's in it. terms of being a protector. It's like ridiculously valuable, <laughs> you yeah. know, like you should experience those things and the confidence of experiencing it in training with dudes that are your boys. Yeah. Like a lot of these cops, they're fighting. So we did a SWAT team not too long ago and it was uh -huh. all team dudes and they were fighting themselves. And it's like, I'm like, you're never going to meet an opponent as strong as the strongest dude on your team. Like yeah. big Jack dude, just like manhandling everybody. Healthy, like if you dealt with him, dude. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some crackhead. And I don't mean to insult crackheads because now we have to be super sensitive. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, they're not going to come at you. If they come at you, they're going to be jacked up and juiced, but it's not going to last as long. They're not going to be as strong. They're right. frail already because their bodies aren't strong. They're not healthy. Right. Like, don't be afraid of them. Uh, yeah. Smash and go. And, and that's just the way it needs to be, man. But the right. experiences these guys get, it makes it a better team. Like I got feedback from the team sergeant. He was like, Hey, these guys are thrilled. They've been training together. They've been running yeah. drills together things we haven't been doing lately because everybody wants to just shoot. So now mm -hmm. everyone's excited about hand to hand stuff. And that's awesome. the purpose, man. It's just getting people doing it. Dude, but uh, Charneski fight team, do you follow that dude? Nah, Luis? I got him. He, he's one of the Brazilian dudes that everyone's like, Hey man, I think I do follow like him. This dude. Yeah. I was trying to get him on last, last year, actually. And we like <laughs> DM'd and then, you know, like it just, got, yeah. I'm going to have to chase him down again. So I've been chatting with him and he, I want to yeah. bring him up here. And he's like, I have a spot for you in Brazil, man. Uh, so I have a fight coming up uh, for April and just really? another, another MMA fight, just doing it for fun. I'm not trying to go to the UFC. I'm just doing it. Cause it's fun, man. It's a lot yeah. of fun and it's really safe. No matter what anybody says, you're in a cage with another dude. Yeah. He wants to whoop your ass. You want to whoop his ass. You want to win. Yeah. But at yeah. the end of the, at the end of the fight, you shake hands yeah. and there's a ref in there and they'll stop the fight. If anything, gets carried away. So it's safer mm. than street fighting. You know what I mean? That's uh, true. <laughs> you just need more skill. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And talking to him, he's down to come up. I might go to Brazil they're just a great exchange of content. Uh, he Heck speaks yeah. Spanish. So it was easy for me to communicate with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he only spoke Portuguese, but it turns out he speaks Spanish. I was like, why well, speak okay. Spanish? So now we have that bridge, uh, that, that we can cross together and it should be a lot of uh, a good time, man. I think you'd have a great time talking to him too. Heck yeah. No, he, yeah. he's an intense individual. Like you can see like <laughs> fire in his eyes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, like his speeches, they're in Portuguese, right? Have you heard yeah. some of them? And yeah. he's, like, he's like yelling at them. And I'm like, I'm pumped. And I don't even but know you what still, yeah, Exactly. You still feel it. <laughs> yeah, um, something else that popped in my mind was like, this is an important gap, you know, because I feel like firearms have really, really dominated the market when it comes to like the toolage of, you know, protectors and things like that. But uh, I think a lot of shootings, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have a law enforcement background, but like people not knowing what they can do with their hands, being intimidated of physical contact with an enemy, um, 
man, that's, I think that might have a lot to do with people getting scared and shooting people when it comes to like anything, you know, law enforcement related, even civilian related, like you could just choke the dude out. But if you don't know what to do and you perceive it as a life-threatening situation, you know, your force options are limited, man. So like getting people used to getting punched in the face and rolling around, I think what you're doing is good in that respect. Dude, you're absolutely spot on. on (laughs) You don't even have to wonder beyond that. And I think you knew that that's what it is. Guys, are, guys get scared. They're not trained enough and it's their own fault. You take on a profession like ours or I was, I'm, I'm not a cop anymore, but I, when I was, I made sure that I was training in law enforcement or I was training in combatives. I was training firearms, like as a last resort, yeah, like, no. I don't want to smoke dudes. Like killing right. people isn't, isn't fun. Like people think this is like, yeah. yeah, that's not the goal, man. Like, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not soft in any way where I'm like, yeah, we can reform people. But that's yeah. it, it, the end goal isn't to take human lives. Like that's not right. the end goal, especially in a law enforcement. I get it on the military side. Hey, we're going to another country doing different shit. That's different here yeah. in America. You're dealing with Americans. So you have to treat people well. Yeah. And people, yeah. you don't, if guys lose sight of that, and that's my, that's a whole nother rant on law There's enforcement. There's a whole nother podcast. Professionalism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like law enforcement yeah. professionalism is like it, the design of law enforcement was to, just be a presence and not be so damn interactive. Right. So once upon a time, no activity, no rests, no tickets meant you were doing your job and that's the way it was supposed to be. Now they're looking for numbers. Oh, how many arrests did you get? Now they're seeing you as valuable because you've arrested more people. They're shitty arrests. (laughs) You're you're putting people in cages. I've been in jail, man. I was in jail for two weeks in a max fucking prison and it sucked. I never wanted to do that to another human being. And that's an experience that a lot of coppers don't have. They've never been to jail. Yeah. So they don't know what it feels like to have your freedom stripped from you and right. everybody else is in charge of you. And you're just this little fucking animal in a cage. Dude. Sitting around it's rough. <laughs> trying but to be the cool. whole law enforcement, you're absolutely yeah. right, man. If guys were trained better, they would be less likely to shoot people because they know right. that they can control them physically. Right. And all it is, is training, man. Confidence. Confidence. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was, that's a valuable rant, man. That thought of, cause I mean, even in Iraq and like all the war stuff, I've always known in the back of my head, like, so like I've been to war, I've seen some things, but there's one other frontier that is like, man, this is this is a real place to be, and that's in jail. <laughs> and I remember yeah. I actually got hit up uh, this year with a really weird, I can't even, I shouldn't even mention it too much, but a weird opportunity to go to jail uh, for like a little over a month, and mm-hmm. uh, I I couldn't take it because I had clients and crazy things going on. Yeah, but yeah. we'll see if maybe it comes back around, and I'm gonna do it if I can, dude. Because uh, <laughs> grow you up, man. This stuff will yeah. grow you up. It's um, wild in there. That's what's up. Okay, so rabbit a hole. Raul, what, uh, my opening questions, the usual ones, man. Who are you at your core? So why I wrote it down, I don't know why I wrote it down because I know I, I went over this, but. <laughs> no, it's good. Because sometimes that question just sneaks up on people. Yeah. And so I want to be selfish and be like, oh, it's all about me promoting this and that. And honestly, I just want to share what I've learned. Like it's to teach and pass it on. So I don't die with all this information that I picked up that I found valuable. And now it just goes with me. Like, I don't want that shit. That's why I teach. That's why I love teaching is I just need to get it out. I want to write uh, a kid's book for kids to, to have an understanding and have fun with things. And I, just, I want to do all these little things where it just passes on information because when we take things with us and we make them ours and then we like, like little nuts, like little fucking weird squirrels and you go and like, you hide it. What's the point of that, dude? Like yeah. share that with people. The, the, the idea of sharing it is 
the biggest thing with me. And I think I picked that up from my grandpa when I was a kid in Mexico. Uh, he would show me everything. I wouldn't even ask questions. He'd be like, you see that tree, that tree produces this. It does that. I'm like, Whoa, that's awesome. I want to <laughs> yeah. pass that on like, yeah. to just share information openly. And mm. I think that's, that, that's why I am. I want to be able to pass on everything that I know, uh, and make it just accessible to everybody so they can use it. Mm. Easy as that, man. So you're a teacher, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what's up. That's funny. I, my, my orientation to teachers, uh, caused me to really not want to look at myself as a teacher you know what I'm saying? <laughs> of some type, you know, like, but as I've gotten older through the years, it's just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? You're, you're teaching and, <laughs> and you're yeah. instructing and you're trying to pass on knowledge. I think there's something really righteous about trying to pass on knowledge, man. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. Well, you're teaching even, even when you're with your clients, I'm sure, yeah. uh, when you're debriefing them on, you know, route planning or advanced route planning or anything that you're doing, you're essentially teaching them just by briefing them. So oh, then yeah. they're now, they now have the same insight that you have, that you took the time out to do this mission plan. Mm -hmm. uh, when I worked contracts in Australia, that's how it was. We'd let them know what we were doing, the routes we were driving, the secondary routes in case he saw we weren't going down those streets. He'd be yeah. like, well, he doesn't have to ask us where we're going. He knows that it's a secondary route. Yeah, uh, just little things like that. So it's it's informing people, and they don't even know that, or you don't see it as teaching, but you actually are. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think really teaching is almost like selling. Like everybody's kind of doing it, <laughs> you know, like whether they realize it or not. Yeah. Um, but man, it's 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 a valuable thing. We need it, you know. But some people just got to learn on their own. God bless them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, how did you get into what doing what you're doing, man? What are you doing these days and how'd you get into it? Really? So these days I'm working for Fieldcraft survival. If you guys yeah. aren't following Fieldcraft survival, follow us on Instagram, uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel is growing. It's grown like yeah. 40 or 50,000 followers over the last month. So it's, mm. it's, it's growing really quickly. So Fieldcraft survival, I met them a year ago. So I've been on with the company for a year now. Uh, and it just fell into place. So this is kind of how it, I landed here. Uh, I was a deputy here in Arizona met these guys and they were going through a change and they needed an instructor. I came on board. Mike vetted me. It took a, it took a long time for him to decide on, on picking people. He's a the, Mike, the uh, Mike Glover, the owner of Fieldcraft survival, uh, green beret SF veteran, like star major type, like legit cool dude. Uh, for him to make decisions, it takes time, right? Cause he wants to vet everything and make sure everything's squared away. Mm -hmm. So once that was on, I came on board with the company I presented the combatives program, all these things. And I, I presented it the way we talked about it earlier. Like this stuff exists already, but I think this company will need, will, will do better because of the markets and the people we can reach. So boom, the program was put into the curriculum and I was brought on board and I started doing uh, the gunfighter courses and I started doing the combatives courses. And then we grew. I wanted a gym for people to come and fight and practice in. We built a gym and now we have a 26 by 26 foot square mat space with walls and everything ready to go. So people can come here and train uh, when we do courses. But that's kind of how I ended up here with the company. I was already in Arizona. They were here as well. We yeah. met. There was a spot to be filled. I filled it. I left law enforcement and started doing this full time. Awesome. No, that's yeah. cool, man. How'd you get in? Let's, and also another thing I was thinking about on the teaching thing when you teach someone something and it helps them, it's like the most fulfilling thing in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they look when they get it. Yeah. Like, My job's done. <laughs> right. And then you get the feedback like, Hey dude, like I use this in the field, like I'm doing this uh, training day product right now. 
And I'm just giving everyone all the knowledge I have about the executive protection industry and how to market yourself. And I'm getting feedback. Guys are like, yo, I'm taking my game to the next level. I got this interview coming. Um, you know, I'm doing all these things and I'm like, dude, cause I, you know, like I ain't never been like the most stellariest guy in the world, you know? So to be able to contribute just to contribute is an honor. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? For sure. Um, man, that's amazing. So with Fieldcraft, you guys are, you guys are basically, you've come up with your own kind of your programs. You've got a facility down there at AZ. You're one of their, I mean, you're the kind of, I started following uh, the gentleman you were just talking to before mm -hmm. you, but I mean, I don't know, your content's been awesome. So I've been like watching yeah. you guys get after it. Um, so that's awesome, man. And your ethos is something like, like you guys are trying to create prepared civilians, essentially, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the awesome. main goal and that's what, like that, that's almost like the model of the company is just preparedness so anything from mike likes to get into all those things like survival kits what to pack in your go bag what to pack in your in your vehicle as an extension of your go bag as an extension to your house like all these things he, he's all about preparedness and medical stuff and we do it all all here in the company we we all cross train everything that we talk about we cross train and learn to do yeah, uh, And then that way, when we deal with people, we can give them actual practical information mm -hmm. instead of just theory and hopes, you know? <laughs> so civilian preparedness, I think now that's huge. That's bigger than ever because I don't know, man, now that we got more human threat situations blowing up and we got more, you know, more and more uh, active shooter, active killer, active driver, run man. people over yeah. or, you know, looming disaster. Uh, it's interesting because some studies say that we're actually safer. There's less violent crimes happening, uh, like the FBI crime studies I was looking at last year. I was joined my uh, my final papers to get out of college. I was like, what? Like the '80s, there the '80s there was more gun violence actually, um, but um, we're more connected now, so we're more aware of it. Something happens, we all see it. I think you that's know. what it is, man. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we probably are in a safer realm. The, right. What it is now is there's just so much data and, and uh, the access to information. So it yeah. just seems, yeah, you're spot on with that. I think it just seems like there's more violence because right. it's just more, it's perpetuated more. And it's right. definitely, uh, it's an emotionally driven or charged environment. Charged. So right. people are like, and I, that's one of my, uh, uh, one of the things I'll talk about later. But one of the things for me is to, like sit and analyze my emotions before I respond mm. to anything. Oh, now we're talking about some good stuff. Yeah. Right? That's, Dude, that's I, everything, man. When I look at news articles or I look at sensational media stuff, shootings here, people getting run over there, I stop, I think, I process the information. And then I'm like, all right, what do I have to say about this without mm. the emotional attachment? So what I like to do is I'll teach people to be, uh, to respond more than react. Yes. So a response is like a well thought out idea based on what you're feeling and what's happening versus a reaction, which is like knee jerk. And you just say or spew out something. Uh, so it's better to respond than it is to react. I think. Yes. We're talking about EQ now, that emotional intelligence quotient. <laughs> yeah. Man. This, sure. If you guys want to like go to the next level with anything, with everything, literally everything, like you can have a high IQ, you can be smart as heck you'll find yourself in a place with other smart people. And then what will determine what happens is the emotional intelligence. It is nice. the most important thing. Like for sure. I'd have to agree with you 100%. Uh, yeah. That, that respond rather than react is huge, man. And it'll bring 
so many positive things into your life and cause you to not make so many freaking detrimental decisions. It's yeah, awesome. absolutely, man. It's crazy. Um, but on that prepared civilian tip still, man, like I think people are starting to realize that uh, law enforcement is fantastic, but they're not, they're probably not going to get there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not going to be in your house when something happens. Uh, they're not going to be in your sanctuary uh, when someone pulls a sawed off shotgun like they did last month. You know, they're not going to be like, they might be, but um, I think people are starting to realize that personal protection is an individual problem. Like it's an individual responsibility, yeah. food, water, shelter, and protection. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a big one, man. And to be honest, people don't, they don't see it and they don't care. It's weird. <laughs> it's uh, really, because it's so important, right? It is, it's like, <laughs> what are you man, doing? I, I had this conversation with a kid in, uh, it's in one of my posts and the guy was like, yeah, I signed my life away. I'm in debt because of it. And I thought he joined the military, but he had joined or he had signed up for college. So now he has debt for college and uh-huh. I get it. And then uh, I was like, we need to worry about real things. Like what happens when the garbage man stops coming and nobody's picking up trash. Right. People will beat the shit out of each other for you putting your trash bag on their property. Like yeah. I guarantee it. I've seen, I've, I've seen, seen it in it. Third world countries. Yeah. yeah. I was about to so, say, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. So now imagine on a giant scale, no more garbage pickup, no, no running water. And he's like, Oh, I never thought of that. And I'm like, you're busy thinking about money and debt being a problem. Like the small, like everyday things, man, those are the things people should start at least learning how to do. I'm not saying go into like this crazy realm of, uh, uh, like that TV show doomsday preppers. Like don't go into that realm. Being a prepper isn't always a bad thing. You're just prepared. It's simple. Um, but just don't, don't, know that you should have skills that we've gotten lazy with because tools and technology, uh, but there's still things you should need to know, like how to start a fire, how to collect water, um, how to bury your poop when you take poops outside, you know, like these are little things. <laughs> so y'all that, don't get diseases and die. Yeah, like, right. come on. And then, yeah. And then don't poop near where you live and don't, don't right. pee where you near eat? your water source. Like yeah, yeah. little things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> People it's, 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 it's escaped them because of the luxuries and comforts that we have. Which I get it. It's cool. I like being comfortable. Everybody likes it. Uh, but yeah, you have to it. have those skills, man. Yeah, dude. And one last little pit piece of that rabbit hole. Black Black Friday, bro. Black Friday <laughs> totally is like a glimpse of like Armageddon for me. Like Absolutely. I'm like, I'll be like low key reposting and watching these Black Friday <laughs> videos, and I'm like, when whatever happens, if it ever happens, this place is gonna be mayhem. Like, yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, and people are going to take shit that is so irrelevant. They're going to be stealing yeah. those giant screen TVs and there's no more electrical power. Yeah, like, like what's the point? At man? first, they're going to do that. And then they're yeah. all going to like be getting in fights over like baby wipes and stuff. They're going to go right back into <laughs> like Best Buy that has like a, a like some a, like like baby wipes on the way out that no one thought about. <laughs> and they're going to be brawling over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> OK, <man. laughs> um, what? let's see here. Yeah, what would you say is your mission, man? Uh, so the mission is just quality training, dude. There's a lot of guys and there's just a lot of people in the space and more power to them. And I hope that people do their research on how to better find who suits them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so narrow it back to, to that before I get into that other <laughs> little okay. rant. So if the, the mission is to just be genuine and provide the best that I can, man. Like our programs are we don't just put them out for fun or for financial gain. A lot, about half of the classes we do for law enforcement are free. Uh, we do a lot to give back, but the mission statement is just to keep people informed and prepared, man. And the in, in 
emotional intelligence stuff. I think we're going to start digging a little more into that. We do a lot of the cool combative stuff. We teach people how to fight. We teach people how to shoot. Um, but the emotional intelligence is, intelligence is valuable, but it's, it's a hard sell. People want to buy cool stuff. They don't want to buy emotional intelligence. You don't, they don't want to train in those things. But uh, I think coming from guys like you and myself and other people in the industry, if we talk about it, it'll become a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that mission will grow. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you on the, on the uh, soft skills, the soft skills stuff. So with this last protector symposium I did, so I had a live event, November protector symposium, about 250 protectors in one room. And I'm sitting here thinking about like, how am I going to get this to go off? Like, like there's a bunch of cool guy instructors I could have, but then I'm going to have a class of like 20 people, 25 people. If I'm like pushing it. So I'm like, how can I reach the most people and what skills are really the most important for protectors to really have an idea of. And I'm like, yo, profiling, hard targeting. And then Mike Pannone was like, yo, I'll roll with you. And I was like, CCW stuff, (laughs) you know? And like, so I'm thinking like, like I've got to, I can't make someone a black belt in two days. What can I teach anybody, daughter, wife, SWAT officer, like the full spectrum, you know, behavioral profiling you know, and, uh, hard targeting and what the enemy's looking for when they're looking for you this way, we can recognize them and also not be chosen by them. Um, and so to what you were saying about the soft skills, I think we're going into it. We're getting into a world now where people are starting to really value that, you know, like physical strength is, is good. Uh, but, man, if we can master the soft skills and I'm going to do everything I can to get that same message out. If we can teach people, if I can teach my daughter, my wife to master these soft skills, it's kind of like they can have that kind of Jedi way of protecting themselves. For sure. And not to be cliche with like the eyes or the window to the soul, but you can see a lot of intent in people's eyes, man. And with with the kids, I don't, it's incremental, right? So I'm teaching them to make eye contact with, so a small example would be when you're crossing the street, you get to the yeah. street, you're going to cross it. You see a car coming up to the stoplight or the stop sign, make mm-hmm. eye contact with the driver so that the driver, so you know that the driver sees you before you right. start to cross. Right. As simple as that is, it's a very basic skill, but now you're learning to make eye contact and read people without it being too overt or like, right. who are you? What are you doing? Or try to like mean mug people. It's just common courtesies that have now no become friction. either. Yeah. And it's just that it's just making <clears throat> eye contact. Okay. They, they see that I'm here. Now I'm going to cross. Now they can make uh, decisions based on their environment and other humans because humans are unpredictable, but we have predictable tendencies. So, yeah. No, I dig that, man. That's, uh, it's the little things like that, that for sure go far. That's why I don't wear, I really don't wear sunglasses a lot when I'm doing EP work, just because I can communicate so much with my eyes. Mm -hmm. If someone's intimidated or uncomfortable, I can literally chill them out with like a smile like how you doing what's up hey excuse me you know like i can i can communicate with my eyes and like um it's one of the things i teach my guys man just like be friendly be approachable have a presence you you are you naturally have a presence you know what i mean um but that those little things man that uh that's huge that's actually cool man that's you're one of the first guys i've heard on the ep world or out of the ep world that uh would roll without sunglasses you know what i mean just because of that (laughs) And it's like, it's such a great point. You can diffuse so much just by looking at somebody and cracking a smile and it's boom, done. Yeah. Uh, Respectful greeting. (laughs) You know, like common Um, courtesies, right? Yeah, Yeah. no, it's amazing. uh, It was one of the biggest um, culture shocks I had when I came to SoCal, man, is like, no one says good morning. 
hello. And I'm yeah. like, hey, and I'm like, hi. And everyone's just like, and I was what just you like, want? you guys suck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, yeah. You know, the eyes, the eyes, that's, that's one of my, cause it's already a stressful thing. I walk in, I'm a bigger, I'm bigger than a couple, most of the people there. They're like, what's this dude doing here? I don't want my client to even, my principal to realize that people are starting to like, be like, what's, what's going on? You yeah. know what I mean? Cause now you're starting to skyline things. So I, yep. I do use a lot of that common courtesy, smiles, yeah. eye contact to deescalate, just to bring the, in the whole environment down. Yeah. Uh, nah, Even man. common little things like sir, ma'am, and good mornings and good afternoons, like that changes the tone for a room. Uh, you know, bearded little Mexican dude walks in. I'm kind of stout. I'm not a tall guy, but I'll walk in and it's like, who's that guy? And then I, yeah. good afternoon, ma'am, how are you? And then she's like, oh, everything changes. She's happy. Everybody else is happy because she's yeah. happy and she's like the main one in whatever uh, room you may be in. Like it's, it's that simple, but I think it's, it's a, a skill that's being left behind. Right. Uh, and it's which probably your most valuable skill for controlling yeah. an environment subversively and de-escalating an environment, you know, cause then if the way I, I explain it is you're gaining, you're creating, you're having relationships with people all the time. These little micro relationships, you're gaining relationship capital with them as you're being respectful. You, maybe you get a door, Hey, morning, ma'am, how you doing? Uh, yeah. Now when you have to ask this person, like, uh, excuse us, you mind if we just slide through or excuse me, pardon me, you have to give them a command especially if you don't have a badge. Now you have some relationship equity to work with and you guys are on positive terms. It turns out to be real valuable. Or if an emergency happens and you need to start like you call 911, boom, you're in good standing with that trash, man. I dig it. Yeah. That shit should translate to law enforcement too. Uh, Other than just the badge itself. Like dude, the badge isn't necessarily uh, an authority uh, hall pass. Leverage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. or, Or leverage. Like it's really just saying that the state has approved you to do this job, not do it fucking right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and I see it in a lot of law dogs and it, it's unfortunate when I was teaching at the Chicago police Academy, it was, it was cool to have a little bit of influence on those guys yeah. uh, and try to tell them that like, dude, it's about the people. It's not about the agency. The agency will replace you. And there's a hundred dudes trying to take your job right now <laughs> and they can get it. So don't be an idiot. Treat people well. And people are who matter most in, the, in that job and in your job as well. Real talk. Now that's good, good stuff. And the last thing I'll say on that, you know, the presence piece, you have the presence. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with being big and like jacked and like tough or whatever. Like it's yeah. just, as it's hard to articulate, but just being who you are, people can look at you and they can tell like, okay, dude's been around the block. Dude can handle himself. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like an organic thing. And I feel like yeah. a lot of dudes try to artificially like leverage that when they go into environments and it's like ultra problematic where when you're genuinely, well, for lack of better words, say a tough guy, yeah. you can genuinely be a nice guy. And it, it like has an even more compounding effect. Yeah. It's like you know an I mean? unspoken agreement, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know, yeah, for sure. No, that's good. And yeah, when you don't force it, people will try to butt heads with you, but when it's natural, it's just everyone agrees to it, not even knowing they're agreeing to it. Yeah. Right. And so, for all y'all listening, become a genuine, capable, strong human. It affords you the ability to be malevolent and benevolent uh, genuinely because you can handle the situation and you can afford to be nice. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't have to wear, you don't have to wear the gear to let people know. Yeah. You you ain't got to be wearing a tap out. (laughs) Yeah. Like all this crazy gear. 
Yeah. Like just be, be you. And if it's real, people will recognize that shit. Regardless. That's some real, that's real talk, man. Nah, that's the one, that was one of the things I loved about your IG was you just seemed real genuine. Like just, you just like, you want to be doing, you want to be yeah. genuine and like authentic. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I'll be um, completely honest, man. It wasn't yeah. always the case. Like I, I always wanted to be, so as a kid, I, it was weird growing up in Chicago street life, kind of a hoodlum, uh, yeah. getting in trouble, getting arrested. Apparently. Yeah. And then uh, joining the military and coming back and getting onto the police department, which I had no desire to be a cop. It just kind of happened. Okay. Uh, I was in a contract in Australia <laughs> okay. and I get a phone call from the department and they're like, Hey, w- your application has been submitted. It's approved. Come take the polygraph, come take the fitness test. And you're on going to be in the next class. I was like, hmm. what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I was dating. I was dating somebody who was uh, a law enforcement officer, and she submitted all, all the, the information for me. She's I didn't like, even know. Gotta... <laughs> yeah, <That's awesome. laughs> so it worked out. It worked out with me being a cop wow. and so on. But uh, yeah, the, the genuine thing came one day. I was sitting there, and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of how much bullshit there is out there. Yeah. I'm just going to be me, and if people dig it, awesome. If they don't, I wish you well. I'm not going to yeah. fight you. I'm not going to chase you down. I'm not worried about what you're doing. Uh, I don't see other instructors as competition. It's yeah. just dudes doing them and I'm doing what I'm doing with our company. And just, that's what it is, man. Uh, awesome. It's a lot easier to live and sleep that way. I sleep like a baby every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to worry about egos or other people's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Like I don't, I really don't care. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing good stuff, more power to you. I'll support you even, even if you are a, uh, or even if you're another company that may seem like competition, you aren't me and I'm not you. We're never right. going to teach the same shit the same way. So what is it? Right. Matter? Yeah. it's that inclusive mentality Nah, i dig that we all have our journey you know we all have to go through yeah. our, our, so also tactical background real quick man what's uh what's your what's your background like yeah i know they're skip. wondering we've been like talking and skipping <laughs> yeah. around i know they're wondering. <laughs> so originally uh like i said grew up in chicago and chicago is yeah. known for for guns and activity beyond the normal of, of what's normal for cities right definitely so true. <laughs> e- even as a kid when i talk now and i carry a small wheel gun with no holster like yeah. holsters are a luxury man i, I don't know a lot of wow who carry holsters but people carry yeah. holsters and it's a thing and i get it it's, it's better it's more secure for sure uh i'm not advocating no holster carry at all but yeah. growing up pistols running around the streets thugs everywhere like it's just the way it was it was a small community pilsen in in chicago and that's what it was either you were going to be a firefighter a cop uh one of the local gangbangers or you were going to be a mechanic that was it you didn't have very many options yeah like that's all you knew (laughs) and now i look back and i'm like man i could have been an engineer i could have did all there's so much more stuff (laughs) the world is so big but when you're in a small town or in a small part of a major city and that's basically what you know through a three block radius. Yeah. Uh, so from there, grew up, did some stuff, uh, got me in trouble, a lot of money later, fixed my 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 uh, background so that I could join the military. Join the awesome. military is uh, 19 Delta. It's a Cav Scout, so it's like a reconnaissance okay. team, small unit tactics, things like cool. that. Definitely. Did that for a few years. Yeah, deployed in, <laughs> deployed from 2007 to 2009. Came back from deployment and. It was like, I always tell the story, like it was like the John Rambo scene where he's like, there were no parades when I came home. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I stayed, I stayed a few months longer uh, just cause I didn't want to come home yet. Uh, yeah. So I ended up coming back, we get off the plane, get in a car, go to the, the barracks, <clears throat> hang out, wake up right back to work. So there was no debriefs. There was no, uh, no psych talks, nothing. It was just 
from one country doing work back to this country doing work. Uh, right. So there was a lot of emotional processing that yeah. helped me grow up really fast. Like, right. shit, well, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. Uh, but I knew that I needed to make adjustments quickly. Uh, right. So I made them. It was, it wasn't like I, I went through this like uh, horrendous PTSD nah. thing. Yeah. Freaking <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, that yeah, bad yeah, because yeah, I yeah. knew already that I needed <clears throat> to shift gears. So yeah. get back and then I get offered drill sergeant school. I'm like, dude, I love teaching already. I was teaching for the unit combatives already uh, while I was awesome. in, in 07 to nine uh, in the okay. deployment, we would fight and train. I was like, this is cool. I like, kind of like teaching. I can convey a message About and I just want to make it better. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, drill sergeant school comes around, graduate, you know, drill sergeant out. It was a lot of fun. Ah, yelling at yeah. people. <laughs> it was so much fun. Stressing fools uh, out. Making people better. But yeah, we stress people out badly. Heck yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, and it was good. It, it was a mix. Then I had a reclass. So not only was I a 19 Delta, both combat arms, uh, MOSs from a 19 Delta to an 11 Bravo and uh, the infantry guys and got to, got to train and teach a lot of different people. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep rolling with this. Uh, ended up picking up a contract at towards the end of my uh, military career. So I exited the army and then I started contracting. I was immediately sent to Australia. That was my first uh, like home base Sweet. contract. It was amazing. I'm in Sydney. My hotel, dude, it's, oh. it's overlooking the, uh, the opera house. And the bay, yes, so I'm like yes. in a really nice. Spot. I know exactly where you're at. The food is amazing in Chinatown. Yes. There, oh, it was a walk away. It was like really close. Everything's really man. It was it was a great you're experience young. being there. Yeah, yeah, young. And then I uh, I had um, what's that? Oh, damn, what's that neighboring country that's right there? New Zealand. New Zealand Special Forces dude was on the team. Yeah, and then we had an SAS guy on the team. So all SF cool dudes guys. were all just rolling around. Yeah, doing cool shit, working out together. Taking uh, the world, not yeah. meeting any women because women are terrible no. down there. Yeah, They're horrible. That's, that's not a melting pot. Blonde hair, every culture. Yeah, right. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, every single t- real course. side note. We <laughs> when we stopped there for our meal. I remember them saying they literally said one of you is going to try and stay here. They're mm-hmm. like, you will get caught. We are planning <laughs> for it. Do not let it be you. My buddy next to me is like, who would do that? We're coming back from Iraq. That was the guy who oh. <laughs> tried to stay there. And I remember when they caught him and he came back on the <laughs> shame, shame all oh, over him. And I, I see him yeah. later and he's like sweeping the, you know, because he's getting punished. Yeah. And I'm like, what were you thinking, bro? <laughs> he's just like, I couldn't leave, man. Yeah. <laughs> was I don't so blame him. Me. I couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you. You know who you are. Oh, um, man. At any rate, so but, you're chilling. You're in Aussie. Yeah. And so that suffering miserable yeah a miserable life there uh all i remember is how expensive bananas were for some reason <laughs> i went to buy bananas yeah. and it was like 13 dollars a pound and they were I was like, like we had to import these from yeah a long exactly way yeah so what's cheap as can be there is coca-cola it's like hmm. common price american prices but water and bananas were expensive because wow. it's all import right and then uh fresh water is not a big thing there so they have to import water All things you learned later uh, when uh, (laughs) when uh, the team's like, hey, dude, your bill for your hotel was high. I was like, yeah, I ordered a ton of water. And they're like, yeah, no, water's expensive here. I was like, oh, whatever. Figure it out. They know they were like, drink Coca-Cola, it's cheap. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to die here. (laughs) And Vegemite is another. I didn't know Vegemite existed until Australia. Uh, (laughs) The the client I was with was a huge Vegemite fan. I remember once taking a plane. So. 
he took us all over the place. He took us into the Caribbean a lot. So he had a lot of, a lot of work there. Uh, so we we're in Jamaica, Barbados, uh, back and forth, back and forth. And I yeah. remember one time we were in Barbados and there's no Vegemite at any stores. So we flew a private jet. It was like the Dominican Republic's president had wow. his jet just hanging out and he was okay. there visiting. And he's like, rent that fucking jet and go get us Vegemite. So we rented a jet to go get a thing of Vegemite, dude. I was real like, EP stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag real EP stuff right yeah. there. That's oh, what man, it, it is, man. It's so funny. And yeah, people think it's like all this cool hardcore luxury. And though that stuff is in there, there's yeah. a bunch of these little things that but make it memorable. These... Exactly, yeah. man. No, that's what's yeah. up, dude. So yeah, between Australia, Barbados, Jamaica, I had luxury contracts. There wasn't anything uh, crazy like people think, but we did yeah. cool shit in cool places. Yeah. So That's came back, joined the police department, not to cut you off, just to finish the, the whole tactical world and yeah, how yeah. I kind of came to be. Uh, and so I came back, I, I hit the police department, go through all that. And I get there, I, I go through probationary period and they're like, hey man, we heard you knew how to do surveillance and you worked EP and you know how to do all this other stuff. There's a spot yeah. open on one of our narcotics teams. Sweet. I was like, yes, please put me on. Here's my resume. Here's this phone number. So I wait about a week or two and then I get a phone call and it's the sergeant from the narcotics team. And he's like, Hey man, tomorrow I'm going to come to your district. I'm going to ask your commander to release you to do a mission with us and see how you do. So he shows up, I'm ready to go. He's like, just mm -hmm. wear regular clothes. I wear regular like, tell clothes. Tell what I got to do. Yeah. He chucks, <laughs> dude, he chucks keys at me. He's like, here are these keys. That's your car. These are the cross streets. Go watch our guys relay information. We'll do the takedown and we'll see what you're made of. That's it. That was the guidance, dude. So trial by fire, like nobody's business, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so I get there and I told the story on my podcast. Uh, and I was just like, I get there, I'm at the crossroad. I'm like, man, nothing is ever the way you want it to be, right? You ever. plan all day. Like Murphy's there, there with like an ice pick, a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up? Man? You want a party? Like, Wait, yeah. You wanted this? No, we're going to change it to that. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be on this side of the street. I had to be on the other side, which put me a little further away than I wanted, but I still had eyes on. Uh, it was really loud. Because the, the L runs there. So there's an L run over the top of us. So the train's always passing through. You're trying to do combo. Yeah, the mm -hmm. L is an elevated train station, essentially. Okay. Uh, and so the combo is like, doesn't exist when the train's running by. Yeah. So if there's something happening real time, you either have to break cover and go and help out or see how it evolves a little bit. So it's there one of it those is. things where you have to be <laughs> organic, man. Yeah. And, and I was. And the, the day went well. We locked up who we needed to lock up. And then boom, the guys were like, you're on the team. So within a year of being uh, with the department, I was on a narcotics team running around low profile, buying drugs and doing cool shit with a bunch of cool dudes. And it was a great That's experience. Cool. Yeah. And then from there, uh, I got another phone call. They're like, yeah. hey, man, you want to, we know you teach. We know you're good at firearms and tactics. You want to come teach at the academy. So two years later, uh, after being with this team, they're like, we're going to put you on a tag team as we transition you, right? It's like, it's kind of the way to move people around. Uh, okay. So it's, so it's not so obvious. So it's not like, Oh, you were yeah. here one day. Boom. Now you're here the next day. Yeah. yeah. You're like in this little in between <laughs> yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah they put you in spots where it looks like we're moving things. The I don't yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. the right way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, I mean, the way the system time, works, works. Yeah. That, yeah. Once upon a time, it was all recommendation based. Right. right. People knew who they wanted to have on teams. It didn't matter what your resume looked like. If you right. came with good knowledge and guys wanted you on the team, that's how you got on the team. And guys, that's how you a lot know, of selections work. Yeah. 
Yeah, like it's the way it's supposed to. Guys who know what the team needs and who know the job, yeah, they point their finger at dudes who they know will work well, and those are the guys that should get there, not just because you test well, right, or just because you you played the right game, you know, like yeah. nah, I, that, or because you have to be because they have to meet quotas. Yeah, and I get it. There's a time and place for all of that, right? right. There's a time and place to develop people and mm-hmm. bring people on board, but there's also uh, critical moments where the team needs something, and if they can get it, why not give it to them? Uh, And that's kind of what happened with me. I ended up being in these positions where people wanted certain people in certain positions. And then I got those slots. Hence the, the one year wonder uh, (laughs) shit talk that I would get from the older guys. They're like, man, it took me six years to get here. It took you one. I'm like, well, I'll speak better. I'm way more polite. And I don't teach antiquated things that don't work anymore. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I'm not trying to insult you. I just want (laughs) you to grow, man. Uh, yeah. Don't take it that way. Uh, so there was a lot of bumping heads with old school cats. I love yeah. those guys to death because they're they're regimented and they they want things done a certain way and they produce results. Yeah. So I can't blame them because they yeah. produce results, right? Right. Uh, but there are better ways. Yeah, yeah. There are better ways. And so I'm at the academy now, teaching uh, firearms mainly, tactics, helping with programs, and from there I was right. I was like, man, I was maybe a f- one more interview away from going on to the intelligence unit, which is like counter uh, terrorism. Uh, and I was about to, I wanted to, I was going to do it, but I flipped the coin in front of my boss and I was like, heads, I stay tails. I go, it hits tails. And I moved to Arizona. Boom. <laughs> Just like that. I had everything pre-written and ready to go. He's like, you're one ballsy <laughs> dude to live your life on a coin flip. I was like, that's yeah. how I do things, man. Wow. So then I get here and I uh, started, I did some deputy stuff. I did a year of, as a deputy here just to see the lay of the land. Very different. Politics are different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, law enforcement training, uh, military training, fuck, all sorts of military schools, all sorts of law enforcement schools, every single NRA instructor certificate that exists just because I figured it's a formality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you name it. I've been to that school. I've been to a lot of training courses to help develop myself with guys. After the fact, I go to mm-hmm. people's courses all the time. I loved learning from dudes. Uh, I think it's a great thing. And like I said, I don't see anybody as competition. So it doesn't matter if I go train right. with anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it's just more work, man. Abundance mindset. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, and I can take, I can learn something from anybody and that's my mission you know it's like there's more than enough anyway you you said it already better than i'm <laughs> you said it man it's, there's more than enough to go around and everyone brings something unique to the game yeah like we don't have and, a single cell that is the same in our entire yeah. 50 trillion some cell body it's, it's just it's different yeah you know so um, i tell people too is like if you want to train uh it's more like a caveat i guess but here we are right <laughs> yeah right if you want to train with an instructor and he's got no background or you want to train with the most hardcore elite dude with the world's best training. Yeah. It's your money. Yeah. You know, I tell the end user, it's your money, man. Train with whoever you want, go to whoever you want to program. Like I yeah. get it. It's good to source who's doing this, who's doing that. If you're a cop and you want cop training, find cop instructors, man. Right. It's going to help you. If you're a, a military dude or you're going to be in the military and you want military training, go to military dudes or go to civilian dude. Whoever's got something that's calling to you, it's calling to you for a reason go check it out. It doesn't matter. You can make more money. Um, but there's certain things that you can't get back. Right. So like right. time right. spent, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Time and energy. These are the yeah, real man. resources, man. For sure. What, what would you, I'm glad I asked you that question. I was like, yeah, yeah. Cause you mentioned a few things about your background. I was like, yeah, they can probably piece it together. I was like, yeah, just see what's up. There's a lot of good stuff in that. In yeah. And I, I mean, there's probably stuff I leave out, but it's for me, honestly, it's not about yeah. what I did. 
It's about what I can do now. And that's kind of why I'm still fighting. And that's why I'm still training. And that's why I'm still doing all this shit because you have to. Yes. I mean, I I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I will say in the public that I definitely judge. uh, Like when I see a guy who's still competing and still training and still fighting and still living that warrior ethos, uh, they get more points. I can learn something from anybody, but when I look at people, I see their standards. So when I see the physical fitness isn't, isn't, isn't there. Then I'm kind of like, I'm seeing some of your standards right now. You know yeah. I mean, I'll learn the thing that you're good at from you, but yeah. you, as humans, we've got, I, I know a tree by its fruit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I judge, but I don't condemn. I'm not right. the, the guy, but I yeah. can judge. That's an orange tree. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate that one. I mean, like Mike Pannone, dude, comes out, competes, smokes us with one eye, gets done with the competition, you know, go have a sandwich. I'm like, you just, you're just going to come out here with one eye and just, you know what I mean? Like you want to smash, yeah. And just kill everybody. And then like, you know, go, he's in, anyway. So guys like that, that's respect, man. Yeah, for sure. I remember training with Mike Pinot. I think it was like 2011, 2010, something like that. Yeah. I took yeah, a bunch he's of been legit. Like he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real. Right. Cool dude, um, man. Really great guy. Yeah, man. He was at our symposium. But, I saw uh, that. Dude, he gets on platform, walks up to me. He's like, yo, check this out. He's like, I think I got it all right here. There's like 13 words like bullet points on, on, on a cell phone i'm like mike I'm, i didn't say anything inside i'm like homie you're gonna be up here for three and a half hours like are you sure you're gonna be good in my head i'm like thinking about ways i can like support him and like help him if he runs out of content dude stood up there three and a half hours killed it had an interactive conversation with the crowd he goes yeah. i don't use powerpoint if i want you to look up on the board i'll put something up there we're just gonna have a conversation took the microphone and just, and just killed it. I was like, this guy's got it inside of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, you're spot on, man. There's some, that, that inside of people, there's some people yeah. that are just gifted. Uh, Mike Pannone is one of those guys, Mike Glover from our company at Fieldcraft. He's yeah. one of them. When we do speaking engagements, I like these five eleven stores or anywhere yeah. we do anything. I'm always like, so what's the, what's the plan? He's like, we'll see. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> All right. So then okay. we piggyback off yeah. of each other's information. I'll key, I'll key into main points of his uh, speaking points, and yeah. then I'll reinforce them with uh, law enforcement stories or uh, contracting stories, and and just piggyback off of each other. And it's just this easy flow of information. And I think mm-hmm. that's how it is when people are genuine and they actually have it uh, inside they of them. Yeah, they don't have to have pre-written things like this whole conversation. I have all this stuff written down because I wanted to be really prepared, but I've done it freestyle. Cause it's yeah. just better. Yeah, um, it is better, man. I, yeah. Uh, like even if I read it and I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. Nah, man, man. Be the same. So. Nah, I'm sitting there looking at the itinerary and I'm like, we yeah. haven't even got halfway through the thing, but there's, a, there's so much good content, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good, man. No, I, I agree with you 100%. It's, it is, it's gotta be inside of you. Um, mm-hmm. I think that has to do with that whole kind of, ins- I don't know. It's about who we're being, you know what I'm saying? And I think that, I think I might even title this thing authenticity because that's what that's what it really comes down to. Nice. Uh, what would you say about com, combat and athleticism? It's necessary, man. It, they need to be, well, depending on what you're doing, right? Athleticism should be there no matter what, right? Everyone should yeah, be some sort of athlete, right? Remember the old school gyms where it was like this 10 foot like monkey bar crazy thing you had to climb and you would fall mm-hmm. off, but you had to get up there. 
Yeah, uh, oh yeah. This was like what recess recess yeah. was all about. Yeah, some like, kid would stand up at the top and try to dominate everybody. Yeah, he's like pushing everyone off. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. like you can die. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't matter because you had to do it. Yeah. Um, I think when that started to lose its way, people started to be less active yeah. um, or less competitive. But that that athleticism needs to be there. Uh, how it relates to combat is performance, man. If you want to perform at a high level, you need to be at a high level. Your gear's not going to perform for you. Your gear doesn't walk without you. So if you can't walk with the gear, it's not going to do shit. So who cares right. about your gear? Like you should be able to perform standalone in a t-shirt and some fucking underwear and be the man. Get after it, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> Heck yeah. it gets hot in here. We, we throw the sauna or I call it the sauna, but it's really just a giant heater in the gym. Really? And it gets hot in here. Like it's like 95 degrees. You're dripping really? sweat. Mats are slippery, but we're going. You guys are doing like Bikram fighting, like hot yeah, room yoga. Fitness fighting. <laughs> Gee, that just yeah. sounds. Man. Um, but it, it helps with preventing injuries. It, it, there's a lot more science than just like mm-hmm. making people miserable. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the muscles stay warmer longer. Even okay. during breaks, the fighters are doing well. Uh, okay. And it's miserable, man. It, it, it's yeah. just. Things that make you uncomfortable should be something that you're able to get over easily. Like yeah. as a human being, like you shouldn't have road rage because you should be able to manage your emotions because somebody cut you off because they're in a hurry. So other people's things shouldn't affect you that way. Right. Um, and that comes external from confidence. Things. Yeah. Like how external things think, affect people these days is rough. I think it comes from perspective too. Cause like I have the luxury of knowing and and you have the luxury in the back of my head, you know, I hear a civilian is stressed out. I'm like, eh, like I know what stress is like, no one's bleeding out. Like there's no arterial bleeds. I've been, I got a shower this morning. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not on like, you know, a weekend change without a shower. I'm not cold and wet right now. That one thing right there, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, (laughs) yeah. And if I, especially for vets, it's like, if you can just never let that go and never forget that, actual mm-hmm. real misery i think it gives you a backdrop to make the rest of life a lot easier man yeah uh, for sure right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. so it's so like true. a lot of people don't have the luxury of you know or a lifestyle you know me or you we move towards pain we move towards mm-hmm. stress we're constantly inoculating ourselves to stress you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um and so when stuff hits us outside in life, we're kind of like, oh, someone's in a rush. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Have a nice day. Like I'm finishing the conversation. We're even thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And I, I use this, uh, this analogy uh, a lot, the, the traffic analogy. Traffic, as, as mundane as people have made it, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the coolest things that we can do where we're actually doing uh, predictive analysis of people's behavior and you can't even see the person you're just seeing a vehicle. vehicle so this yeah. vehicle's moving and you're like, yeah. well, he's going to cut that guy off. So I'm going to wait before I pass him. And you're not even saying any of this. All this is just calculating in your brain. Yeah. That's yeah. True. And people don't give that enough credit. Like if you yeah. would pay attention to traffic, you would actually be a better human and a better analyst of information. If yeah. you just paid attention instead of dicking around on your phone or playing with the radio, like watch people and we're making these out. Yeah. Don't drown. Yeah. Don't drown out something that's giving you lessons, like be better at it. Uh, be to play a predictive game. I like to do this. Mm -hmm. I'll be driving and there's four cars and I'm like, all right, that car's going to cut or not necessarily cut them off, but he's going to shift lanes and it'll be before the next two exits I'm driving along next two exits. Boom. He shifts over. I'm like, got him. Just like these little things is like, 
I would have never, I'm never going to meet that person. I, I don't right. even know who, what they look like. Yeah. And I just see their vehicle and how they're swerving a little bit, making indecisions. And then they finally make a decision. And I predicted it just because of those little behaviors. And yeah. if, I mean, it's the little things, man. The little well, things and make life permeates the rest of your life. Cause then when you're out in life and you have that confidence about being able to predict human behavior, you're looking for these things, you're paying closer attention to these things. This is a remarkably valuable skill, not even in the protection game, in the life game, you know, in just the sales living life. In the, yeah. That's, that's, that's resurrection of dead time is what uh, Robert <laughs> green would call that, man. That's yeah. good stuff. Um, one thing I noticed with all your like kind of um, some of the stuff on your, on your Instagram where there are these terms that I wanted you to like kind of get into. Um, But actually before that, could you give us a principle around protecting your firearm, uh, defending your firearm? So someone's going for your firearm. uh, This is one of the things that I saw you guys training a lot. What would you say is like the primary consideration, something like that's happening? So this one's tricky because how did you get there? How did you get to the point where somebody <laughs> knows you have a gun and they're yeah. going for it? And they, like what happened up until that moment where some dude's like, Oh shit, I'm going to grab your, your piece. Yeah. I'm going to um, grab your gun. Yeah. And it may, it, it's a little different for law enforcement because it's exposed and no matter where right. they go, they're bringing a gun to the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they need to be better trained on that. I, I, I think, but yeah. we're, we're helping, we're helping with that. So a lot up. of, a lot of the idea there is, uh, preemptive cues like or preemptive cues like learn to make space and have space so the biggest Active self-defense tip and, that i can yeah. give you for anything that i would give is go back to the easy things you were doing as a kid when you were at one time the bully and you were pushing people learn to push again pushing people space. makes a lot of space man and we've we've now we want to learn like this cross hook cross thing I'm like why don't you just learn to push people yeah. push to make space Use a hand post. Like when you were a kid and you would touch somebody's forehead and you were like, ah, you can't mm-hmm. get past it. Learn to post on people. Now they can't close that space. Uh, those are, are, are big things for me. Uh, and don't get, don't, don't get committed to the gun itself. Commit mm-hmm. to the person trying to get to the gun. And the mm-hmm. only person, the only way that that person's going to get your gun is with their hands. So if you can dominate the hands, a little bit of hand fighting, a little bit of hand control and movement, you, you, you make sure that they, they don't grab you or, or grab your gear. Um, but the big one is how did it get there and how, what could you have done to stop them from getting, but after that, annihilate the dude, don't let him take your shit by holding on to your gun and then control the individual. And that's what you have to do, man. At that point, they don't want your gun just to go sell it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have, you have to, you have to have it in you to end that situation. Uh, but I I think I wrote something down that I didn't even say, but I think, uh, let me find that principal defending, uh, like the fourth or fifth bullet on the black side under body. Yeah. I think I, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I had in there, man. Is like the little things pushing, making space. And mm-hmm. how did I get there? Cause you can prevent a lot of bad stuff by yeah. just understanding your environment. Dude, totally. That's why I chose behavioral profiling in the symposium. <laughs> and because I post a lot of real world violence on my IG, yeah. which has got me like, I'm like scared it's going to get shut down. I got another notification this morning. We're going to shut you down if you don't cease. And I'm like, I have a couple hundred videos just out there. Like, it's just anyway. <laughs> but I also have like four different profiles. But yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm like, kind of doing these after action reports. And half the time it's like, 
I don't want to sound like a broken record, guys, but situational awareness would have really helped this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like it's so big. This dude. is the bread and butter in the game. Whether you're a 300 pound muscle man or you're a 90 pound lady walking home from work, like situational awareness is your make or break beginning of the fight. Yeah. Left to bang thing, you know. Yeah, you you need to know what is happening around you. And I'm not. And again, you're you're. It's not that you're beating a dead horse, and like people think that maybe we are. But yeah. what it is, is just understand the value of that. Right. It, you don't have to have 10 guns and five knives and tourniquets and all this shit if you understand right. situations as a whole. And Seriously. I teach this a lot. I talk about uh, understanding your equipment versus uh-huh. uh, just getting good with gear. So if I understand how a tourniquet works and how it's built and constructed, I know how to manipulate it to my, like, my problem-solving issue so if i yeah, look like at some if i look at some legs that are pinned i'm obviously yeah. not going to throw a loop over a pinned leg because i can't get through the limb mm-hmm. so but if i know that just by looking at a tourniquet looking at that i can create a solution so i like mm-hmm. to teach people to create solutions instead of have uh something they they, they can just throw at it like yeah, yeah don't have tools have the solution by understanding the situation and understanding your equipment you know those like, two things, you can solve a lot of problems. A lot of more. It's like principles versus tactics. Tactics is a narrow application. Yep. Principles, yeah. wide brush stroke. It's you can like connect now. little tactics together and <laughs> do some gangster stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, for no, sure. That's what's up. I dig it. Uh, fight to the draw. You guys, that was one of the things you mentioned in one of the mm-hmm. training. What does that mean? So that applies to everyone uh, that that's carrying a gun. If you're going to draw that gun, you have to be confident that that's the moment to draw the gun. So okay. just because I'm standing there and I'm going to sub second draw and the dude is within a hand's reach and he can post on me or just off balance me or make me off balance. I'm going to lose what I've been training to be completely erect and perfectly straight when I draw. And right. shoot. So, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. you're going to be, it's not, it's not the time. So what I mean by uh, learning to fight to the draw or earning the draw is, and it comes from a lot of other dudes who train similar programs is you need to be able to be, uh, to fight another human being, whether it's grappling or striking and gain control of the situation, which means gain control of the individual and then assess whether or not it's time to draw your gun and use it. It's hard to articulate something, uh, when you've gained complete control of an individual and then you pulled your gun out and shot them. Like, how do you articulate that? You've already gained control. Yeah. 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 Why not make space and separate, um, it's just, it, there's a lot of stuff that, that doesn't get trained uh, well. Mm. And it's the emotional intelligence and it's the ability to fight the two things, like yeah. kind of like how we well, ended up being together. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and if you fight to the draw, you've earned the draw, it's validated. It's like, yes. I fought to this place and I had to continue because after fighting to this place, I still couldn't control this yeah. person. And I was still in fear for my life. So yeah. that's why it escalated. Like an example, like if we draw, if you could just, subdue him, you would have. so like i I get caught off guard so he hits me i fall down he's still hitting me i'm able to like brush the hands away as i clear garment and i shoot him because that was the last resort because i didn't want to keep getting hit and i felt like he wasn't going to stop hitting me right and i didn't want to die there's an articulation of fighting for your draw you put something Mm -hmm. in between you and the person and you drew your gun and you did work so that's like that's what I mean by fighting for the draw. Not necessarily just gain some control and then mm-hmm. pull your gun out and shoot, dudes. Like you still have to assess the situation. Yeah. And if you're if you're one up, it's hard to articulate shooting people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Once you're in control, could just be murder at that point. But <laughs> this, yeah, and it goes back to what you and I spoke about right in the beginning, where 
Uh, if law enforcement dudes were just trained a little bit better and it's yeah. not, sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes the agencies are just really soft agencies and that's just how they do things. Uh, yeah. and sometimes these dudes need to go out and find some training, but not every situation. Do you need to draw a gun and shoot people? Like grab these guys, man. Uh, you get a lot of respect from people when you just go hands on and you really do in your because community. that's how we're raised. Right. Yeah. I mean, my, my mom was tough and my dad was tough and I understood getting hit a few times was like, all right, I'm done. I'm over it. And yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. instantly over it too. <laughs> yeah. So people respond to that. And, uh, yeah. we teach like a big slap. So from fit to fight, Ryan Hoover, do you okay. know Ryan Hoover? I, uh, he's, he's the head guy over at, uh, at, at fit to fight. And okay. I learned a lot from those guys. I got my black bone Krav Maga through them. So mm. I don't even advertise that. Cause it's just, you know, it's in, internal house training, little things. Okay. Um, so he, we teach a power slap, which is just, man, my mom used to slap. Underclap. Yeah. You <laughs> slap somebody, you put yeah. them in their place, dude. Uh, yeah. So we, we teach that as a, a way to protect not only your hand um, from breaking hand, like breaking your, like my hands are already shot. But like oh, this hand yeah. is all, doesn't even sit straight. Like my other one from hitting Nah, me. yeah. I got missing so, a yeah. knuckle. And <laughs> yeah. So you, know, you know exactly what I'm saying. So if yeah. I can slap somebody and get the same effect, why not? And then my, my hands, hands are still good. Yeah, yeah. And I can draw and grab stuff. Uh, but yeah, just shout out to those guys for, for keeping me in line with fighting and stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, that's what's yeah. up. Black belt. I didn't even really know they did belts in that system, but <laughs> so that's, that's, yeah, good they do. Um, it, it just depends on what federation. And then some dudes coin different things and whatever. Krav Maga is weird. Yeah. It's his own. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. really, they, you know yeah. they thing. <laughs> I got homies out there. So yeah. I got brothers out there. Actually. I love uh, Israel is like one of my favorite places to travel and work actually. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I got a lot of, a lot of, I'd like to go out there, there and spend some time out there. Oh, it's amazing. It, that's but. a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> it's one of my favorite places for a reason. The, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, what would you say about listening to how your gun talks? Oh, the gun talk conversation, yeah, man. I was like, what's up with this? This is cool. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm so, a gun guy. What's up? Yeah. And <laughs> I think it's just, it's once I explain it, it's going to be kind of like an, Oh yeah, I, I know that. Uh, yeah. Everybody knows that if, right. So when you're shooting your gun, it's talking to you. Right. Mm. And that's how I see it. It's talking to you. It's letting you know that it's working. It's cycling. It's doing its thing. As soon as you go dry, it says something yes. by, not communicating Different. and essentially it's looking at you for more. It's looking at you for support, right? Yeah, that uh, chamber. You're so, like, oh yeah, it locks open. You're like, hey, dude, feed me. Yeah. And I'm like, boom, here you go. Here's some more ammo. And then it talks again. When it's uh jammed, it's talking to you again too. And yeah. when you look at it, it's like when we talk so reading lips is a big deal, right? Or how you were saying you communicate with your eyes. Yeah. When I look at it, I can see that it's no longer telling me what I want it to tell me, which is I'm firing rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's telling me something's in the way, something's wrong, something's broken, there's an issue, fix me. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by your gun talks to you or the gun talks is when it's not giving you the responses that you want, you need to be in tune with that to fix yeah. the little things. Uh, awesome. And I simplify the way I do malfunction clearings okay. uh, because it doesn't need to be complex. People complicate uh Everything. Malfunction clearing, <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. You're absolutely Simplicity right. is the ultimate uh, sophistication, man. Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, I love that guy. Right. So I teach it the way I would teach somebody brand new 
And I teach it to the most advanced tech dudes to the first person I teach that's ever, ever held a gun. When you pick up a gun, you're going to clear to make sure that it's safe to handle. Right. So you pick up the gun, you open the chamber, you look in the gun, the gun is clear. And then you insert the magazine, you let the slide forward. Now it's loaded, right. From knowing that it's clear to being loaded. So that's how I teach malfunction. If your gun isn't working, lock it open, take the mag out, look at the gun, insert the mag and your gun's ready to go again. It clears just about everything. You're going to clear everything that, that that there's, there's, could be wrong gets cleared by just unloading and reloading the gun. It's that simple. I say it in the beginning of class, if there's an issue with your, your gun, just unload it and reload it. You don't have to do rack three times do all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you tap rack for initial stuff and even tapping is one of those things. Why do people tap mags? Uh, there's debris inside or it didn't seat well. Well, if you go through proper they procedures, told me of, to do it in boot camp, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit came from Vietnam when there was mud in magazines where you had to like break up the debris. That's We're not true. in Vietnam anymore. You're, everybody yeah. cleans their gear. It's good functioning. Equipment. We're not doing anything that dirty. Yeah. Like, so not in this. Dude, for me, I, I, when I put the magazine in, I make sure that it's seated. Now I know it's going to feed. So if I don't, I know I can skip the step of tapping. I could just rack the gun and go. You see uh, me do it in classes. If I get a click, no bang, faulty ammo, I just rack it and we keep going. There's no need for tapping and racking. Yeah. There's no need to create things that or add solutions to things that aren't problems. Yeah. Uh, so it's just extra steps. So for me, a double feed, I lock the slide open. I pull the magazine out, make sure the mag's good, make sure the gun's good. Magazine goes back in, slide goes forward, and it's just unloading and loading. Simple yeah. as that, uh, just because. No, I dig it. And honestly... Uh, after you fired about five or six rounds for me, my gun's starting to talk to me. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, yo, you're getting a little bit lower on ammo, a little bit lower on ammo, mm-hmm. get a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, so I, until I'm it screams to, at you, like, yo. yeah, until it's like, yo, fix this, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I got one or two in there. Fix this. You know, that's mm-hmm. what's up. No, I, I dig that, man. It's that communication loop. Yeah. Um, and I try, I try to use that for people because people aren't inherently intimidated by dangerous things. Right. right. So guns intimidate a lot of people. And yes. if I can make it a common thing where it doesn't have this aura of mystique and like complicatedness, uh, we can make people better faster because we eliminate that part. And now they're emotionally involved instead of emotionally scared. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just a, an easier way to describe something that's happening with the gun. Heck yeah. No, I dig it. And yeah. Just makes them pay attention more, if you like. Yeah. What would you say about the uh, SAR case? And we had this post a little while back and it like came out of nowhere. Like I woke up one morning and this dude was doing like 360 degree <laughs> shooting in his like at a 360 degree range. And I like, yeah, I didn't know what to think about it because I was like, well, I mean, it looks fast. And then I was like, I mean, you can't just do that. Like, I can't just do what he's doing. Like he's been right. practicing this. You know, and everyone had all these things to say. And I was like kind of impressed, but then I was like, is this dude safe? But then I was kind of like, I kind of want to know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And I looked at all that and I, I I didn't even say I should pull up my post, but I didn't say anything other than who is this guy? Where is he? And like, what do we know about this guy? Like, find this yeah. guy. I want to talk to this guy. And everyone was like throwing mad salt underneath the thing. And I was like, just reading the comments and then I saw your post on it. Yeah. yeah. I think you said something like, like he's still faster than everyone. Yeah. Uh, everyone out here hating this guy's still faster than you. I, yeah. and, and I, I do things like that on purpose just to remind you that instead of spending time hating on motherfuckers, go train and be better. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's like you said earlier, you can't get time back. So you're all those five, 10, 15 minutes, you're shit talking this dude. Those could have been reps. You worked. 
to just be as yeah. equally as fast as that guy. And Hey man, I, I don't know where that guy is or what he does, right. But he's fast. And yes. if that's his MO and that's, that's how he handles business, bro. Like, who am I to tell you how to live your life? You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. right. I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, shoot. I don't pay your bills. I yeah. don't put food on your table. Like that's you, man. Live, yeah, live, bro. live and do you. And I try not to throw hate on a lot of folks. Yeah, and even my posts, yeah. when I do like law enforcement, like, mm -hmm. like breakdown videos, yeah. I try to find videos where cops do good things yeah. and highlight the positive. There's enough yeah. pages out there just like smashing cops and talking shit. I'm like, yeah. well, if you guys really wanted to help, you'd put up a training course or fucking take some cop shooting or do something for them. Instead yeah. of just talking shit, talking shit doesn't solve problems. No, no. Yeah. It amplifies them really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So I appreciated that when I saw, <laughs> saw that post. I was like another real person just being honest because yeah. that dude's fast. He's an issue. He is. <laughs> Wherever he he'd is. Be, he'd be hard to deal with, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> anyway, now that was good stuff. Uh, so let's see, you mentioned at your courses, and I think I know why this is, um, camaraderie. Why do you think you said that, you know, at your courses, you guys experience a lot of camaraderie. Um, why do you think that is? So it's, it's, it's by design. What, what we're trying to do is, look, I, I know that there's a lot of companies people can train with and, and you can spend your money with. Uh, and the design of what we're trying to do is to create and build this camaraderie like you like you talked about yeah. uh, between the people in that class and it's happened to the point where dude's like oh man i live a block away from you i didn't know you shot guns i didn't know you did that and he's yeah. like yeah dude he's like we should hang out and so now you're building you're helping people build their own networks in areas that you're visiting so right. i'm just a liaison like i'm bringing information i'm going to teach you how to shoot better and faster or at least give you what i think is better and faster for you that day uh and then you now you met a dude who lives in your neighborhood in the same fucking cul-de-sac you didn't even know yeah. uh, are in the class. So it builds that camaraderie, builds the teamwork. And what it does a lot of the time, it helps people take responsibility for themselves and others. And I'm like, I'm not going to be there when you're dealing with shit. You're going to be alone or you're going to be with some random stranger. And if you guys can become friends quickly, you can handle situations together. Yeah. Uh, that's two on one, too easy. Uh, so the idea behind building the camaraderie and I'll, I'll give you an example of what happened in a class once, but, uh, the idea is so that people can get to know each other. They're responsible for themselves and others, which mm -hmm. it just makes the range safer for me 100%. or my instructors, because I don't have to watch everybody. Cause now people are invested in each other and they're watching out for each other. Yeah. It's not just, actually. they're just standing there waiting for drills and they don't give a shit about anybody else. They actually right. care when one person's doing something or another person's doing something and I don't have to watch everybody though. I'm trying my best to watch everybody. Now I have extra eyes because people actually are invested in each other. Okay. Uh, I had this dude, Jack dude in a class. He's an instructor from another company. He's in a class. And I, I kind of give that spiel about building camaraderie and teamwork and working together in ranges, especially our courses. Mm -hmm. And I was walking up to the line and somebody I think the guy drew his gun and he shouldn't have, and he's, he put it away. And the guy's like, Hey man, just don't draw that unless we're doing drills. Yeah. And I'm walking up right when that's happening. And I look at him and he looks at me and he's like, Hey man, my bad. I didn't mean to like jump in on your, on your shit and like tell him what to do. And I was like, actually, I came over here to say thank you. Yeah. Because by all means, you, dude, you, like... you, yeah, you're doing <laughs> stuff to be proactive in a class, bringing unity and comfort to the whole, the whole platform. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, and then uh, he, he just kind of went about his business. And then at the end of class, he's like, dude, that's the first time 
that somebody told me that that was cool. And that was, uh, something that they, they, they looked for. Usually I go to yeah. classes and people yell at us for getting involved in the instructor's role. I'm like, dude, yeah, my job is right. just to share information. Like let's yeah. get better together and build this network. So now we've built a network of people who are invested in each other. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, tactical hive is a company that, that came out and did a review on our course out of Southern Cali. And yeah. the guy talks about it, Miles, he talks about that. And he's like, man, the camaraderie in this class, everybody's looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. and people are invested. People know each other's names. We go mm -hmm. on and eat afterwards and well, hang out. And I'm like, like hey, man, hit me up if you need anything. Like, hey, yeah. I'm here. If you want drills, like all this information doesn't belong to anybody. If you <clears> want it, hit me up and I'll send it to you. And here we go. Yeah. So it's that idea of leaving people with more people in their network just by yes. coming to a class. Awesome. Easy. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I know. Miles with Tactical Hive is the man. He's yeah, cool. He's cool he, dude. he has that same abundance mentality where he's like, nah, we're not in competition with anyone. We're trying to build everyone, right. trying to build the industry. He did a review for us on the Protector Symposium. Awesome. And I'm going to see if he's at SHOT Show this week. Bug him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> now man, I might see if I could have him come on the podcast too. Do just because he's, he's cool training dude. with everybody, talking to everybody, you know. Um, it, it's small world with Miles. His yeah. brother and him. Yeah, run a school in Chicago, New Breed yeah. Jiu Jitsu. Oh. I trained. I trained at that school when I was in Chicago. Wow! And then when I met him in Cali, I told him about. It. He's like, "Oh shit, dude, you were at my brother's place." Uh, <laughs> so it's it's That's small wild, world. man. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Nah, they. I was with them at one of Mike's courses together, and they were like, "We're just kicking it. They're shooting, mixing it up, man." Uh, Nah, and with the community and the camaraderie thing, that's kind of, that's one of my goals. I'm rolling out this protector nation brand and it's literally about making good people more dangerous. It's about being peaceful, not harmless. It's about literally civilians learning how to be more prepared, essentially exactly what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. And so that we can bring accountability to situations when it's needed. You know what I mean? Um, Cause I think that's really how we're going to make this world a better place, safer place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like ultimately, yeah. you know, like yeah. it, there just needs to be more accountability, more capable, good people. Um, and I think evil people should be afraid of good people. <laughs> That's what I think. That's what yeah. I think. I think they should like be like, you know what? Maybe it's just not worth it. Like, yep. I'm just going to drink my big gulp and like chill. And I, <laughs> right. do whatever I do, you know, what, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I want to make it. I want to make it dangerous for the wolf to show it, to show himself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. Um, Let's see here. Okay. Uh, right before the closing questions, what do you think is most important for people to keep in mind when they're on their kind of warrior's journey or on their, uh, that journey that we, that me and you are on guys like us are on. Dude. And it, I don't want to harp question. on it again. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's deep, but it's honestly not as, as, as hard as people think. Yeah. Fitness is a big deal. I hate how simple that sounds, but it's so important. You know what I mean? Like if dude, don't glaze if, over this y'all. Yeah. yeah. If, if you're fit, you will be capable of doing anything you want to do. Yeah. Anything, anything from learning martial arts to reading a book, to being patient, to doing things with kids, your fitness level keeps your heart rate down, keeps you more in control, mm -hmm. just keeps your body functioning better. So you deal with stress better. Like fitness isn't only about yeah. being in shape. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's well, like, I don't need to be in shape. I'm married. My wife likes me. Like, dude, that's yeah. not the point. The point is yeah. to be capable with your body. It's like this organic machine that we can awesome. build or destroy. Yeah. Like, yeah. take advantage of it, man. You can do so much with your body. 
train the body and everything else just becomes easier. It builds confidence. Uh, it makes you stronger. How you look changes the way people perceive you as well. So now you're winning this whole fight without having done anything but being in shape and being fit. Uh, yes. And it's a big deal. Uh, I remember training for my last fight and mm -hmm. I would redline myself on purpose just okay. to see where my breaking points were in my heart rate and my breathing. I'd be running up a mountain and I'd be like, holy smokes, it feels like I'm in a fishbowl and I can't breathe. I would stop and then I would think about it and I'd be like in all out panic mode. Then I'm like breathing and I'm like, okay, I'm coming down. Okay, cool. It's just going to take this long. And then I would do it again. And I would try to get it to come down just a little bit sooner. And then I do it again and just a little bit sooner. And I was like, well, if I can induce this kind of like panic in Stress, myself, yeah. nobody else can. Yeah. Uh, so not only am I stronger because I'm, yeah, I'm breeding myself to be better. And if people could do that, the world around them, it just becomes a lot easier. Man, uh, so if you're amazing. on this journey, fitness yes. is key. Get in shape, do good things with your body, respect your body. Uh, and use it, use it to its full capacity. Man. People forget yeah. how, how capable we are. It's the foundation. It's why every single warrior ethos ever, they're doing hard physical things. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a Viking. Everybody wants to be a gladiator. Motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> were in shape, dude. 300. Shape. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They will. I mean, yeah, you read, oh, what was that? The hot gates. They actually talk about some of the training stuff. Dude, I was listening to some motivational Viking, uh, 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 Grecian, what are the, the Spartan thing the other day? And I'm on yeah, the yeah. treadmill and they're talking about, uh, and it was some book I was listening to. And they're like, the young boys used to have to run nine miles with a mouth full of water and spit it out when they get done Hell yeah. right in front of their dudes. And I was like, this is gangster. I took like a swig Damn. of my water. And you're I'm like, like running with nope, it? Not doing <laughs> I ran like, I probably made like a quarter mile. You know? Nice. And I was like, nope, not that hard. Whatever. I'm 34 yeah. and not that hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but it's the foundation of everything. I, I mean, I don't want to echo you too much, but yeah, the physical fitness, because there's no, you're not faking this. You can BS, yeah. you can talk, you can pretend to be spiritual, you can yeah. whatever you want to do, but. Humble bragging. Yeah. When your oh. body is in that, when you're getting your body worked, man, there's no faking that trash and it builds character. And that yeah. is really what this game I'm not talking it's, about. Like it's not, it's not seen often either. And I know you're, you're the kind of guy and I'm the kind of guy, but if I see somebody who's in shape, I yeah. compliment them. Yeah. Right. I've I've been at the movie theater with my girl and I'm like, I'll stop a dude and I'll be like, bro, you look great, man. You put in a lot of work. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, he's like, thanks. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Weirded out. But it's because nobody compliments each other anymore, yeah. especially dudes. It's like, you're too busy being a hard ass. I'm pretty sure I could kick your ass. Why don't you just be cool with me? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, I will yeah. show you how to be like me. It's yes. too easy. But I compliment uh, people when they look good because we don't do it often. We yes. hate instead of love. Oh, and it's so like, it here. just yeah. perpetuate that. Um, having right. an open mind is a big deal because if you have an open mind, you don't care if you're right or wrong. It's right. all about understanding. You're just trying to learn. Yeah. You're just trying to get truth. That's it. It's not, yeah. I'm not even competing with you. Yeah. I'm just seeking higher truth. Here's yeah. mine. Beat it. Destroy it. I'll be happy for having yeah. this conversation yeah. if you can destroy my truth. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, dude. Yeah, man. No, it's some real. That's real, what? man. Leading with respect in a world yeah. where uh, nothing's sacred and no one's getting respect anymore. That was huge. Doors fly yeah. open. Guys don't see that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like, there's so many things you said just there that that were like ultra important, bro. I. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation <laughs> so they can hear from somebody else, yeah. man, because that's the truth. Uh, that's good stuff, man. What, what's your uh, favorite quote 
mantra man i have like two that that okay. i really that i really dig and uh one of them is kind of like the way we the way you just said is like there's more of this competition or hate in the world and, and the the quote is they muddy the waters to make them seem deep eh, right yes yeah that's and outstanding it, it could be an inch of water but because it's murky you don't know how deep it is and it's about mm-hmm. your confidence to take that leap man and it's it's not so much what you're perceiving because people can make things around them seem like something that they aren't. Um, mm-hmm. So be, be careful of that. And that comes again yes. from confidence, internal confidence will change the game uh, for a lot of people. So that's, that's a dope. big one. Yeah. They that's muddy dope. the waters to make them seem deep. And right. when I pick, when I pick that one up, I'm like, my goal is to never do that. My goal is to be crystal clear with folks and talk to them about the real shit that I've done and the real mm-hmm. shit that I can help them figure out. And that's it. There's no need to have all that other. Uh, did I write the other one down? I think I did. Where was it? There's just there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there, man. That's and that that's that's the other thing you were saying, man. Is like kind of on people not uh, saying hi and not being respectful. You were like, I'm pretty sure I can like tighten you up but just be cool with me. So we can just be cool. Like, that's how I feel all the time. I'm like, good morning. And everyone's just like, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'll say, what's up. I'll give a nod. And I'm in Cali. So everybody's like, all like, like air lats and like walking by and like, <laughs> pretending like they're too cool in Southern Cal. And I'm like, dude, like you understand it. Like man law, like I got like 80 pounds in you. Like I kind of don't even have to acknowledge you. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, just being cool. And now you're going to have to do, you're going to disrespect your boy, man. All right. <laughs> Whatever. I'm still having a good day. Uh, I don't know where the other one is, man, but that, that one uh, for me changed the uh, game uh, in how I live my life and how I don't want to do that to people because people yeah. matter, dude, no matter what um, we're social creatures, as much as you want to say that, Oh, I got it all by myself. Uh, we rely on people not even knowing that we do. And it's important oh, yeah. to keep those relationships. So. Yeah. Don't be, don't be the guy who muddies the water for no reason. Absolutely. Everything we have positive and negative usually comes through a relationship one way or another. Um, bah, bah. Last three questions. How, how would you uh, like to be remembered, man? That's all said and done, dude. <laughs> man. I think <laughs> I had something uh, written down because yeah, it's simple. It's like, it's four words in a sentence, man. Yeah. And it says, uh, I'm not sure that it matters. I'm not sure that it matters how I'm remembered. Yeah. Be- I, I'm not into myself like that, dude. I, I don't, I don't think I'm that important that wow. I need to be remembered for something special. Yeah. I just, I just want to be, you know what I mean? I just want to be, be there and present. If anything, I'd like, I'd like my kids to remember, uh, my stories and things like that, but yeah, the world, dude, I'm not sure that it matters. That's good. I like it. It's different. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah. It's maybe true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, it just, like, I love stuff like that. Man. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, it's, 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 it's like uh, vehemently against my ethos, but I appreciate it for that, for that very, very fact. You know, it's like, you know what? Well, geez, it really yeah. might not matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's good. I dig it. And even yeah. if it does, like living with that way, I think it helps you be ultra present. Like yeah. ultra present. Because then I'm not connected to anything and I'm not trying to yeah. like 
harp on reinforcing a certain message or a certain idea. It's just, it's always flowing. I can change my mind five years from now and be like, this tactical shit was dumb. I just want to teach people how to fix cars or some shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So even if, even if I had something right now, I'm sure it would change in a few years when I grow intellectually and spiritually and And evolve. Yeah. Perspective change. And I don't think even like the big people that are remembered, I don't think they, they were like, I want to be remembered for this. They just kind of were remembered because they they were present. They did the trash. Yeah. They did whatever they were there to do. That's what's up. Uh, habit for like, what makes you, what would you say makes you a better person or any habit you want to pass on to protectors? Yeah. So if you guys are in this field or just in life in general, uh, mm. analyze your emotions before you start dishing out reactions. Yeah. Um, we talked about it earlier and I was like, yeah, well, we already covered it, but I'll, I'll no, harp on it, it again. It if, yeah. if, yeah, if you can learn what your emotions are, you will be better at surviving anything. Uh, if you if you're afraid, understand why you're afraid. What's creating the emotion? I mean, just knowing yourself through fitness, knowing yourself emotionally, those are like the big ones where everything else kind of takes a backseat. You're no longer afraid. Yeah. yeah. And the empowerment you get from that, people need to realize that you have by doing these two things, being in shape and being emotionally in control you are in charge of everything. No one can phase you. No one can penetrate your bubble. No one yeah. can do anything to rattle you because you'll yeah. look at it. You'll see it as a problem. You'll start okay. to process solutions and then you're yeah. done. You're solving yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that one, and then never present problems without at least two solutions to the problem. If you're, if you're a leader or if you're in this business or you're in the, in the business of dealing with people that rely on you, Never present a problem or never bring a problem to the table without bringing two solutions that they can help you solve the problem. Don't be that guy that's just like, we can't do it because of this. Well, what's the, what's your solution? And yeah. then what are our options? If you're that person that's bringing a problem and solutions, you're a valuable player you're, in the game. Exactly. Not nah, that's the word. You're valuable. You're actually a player. Otherwise, you're just a complainer. Then yeah. they, there's no value there. I know exa- <laughs> like like the, yeah. do, like I'll force people to do that if they're like, well, uh, we can't do it because of like, all right, well, yeah. how can we fix this? Boom, uh, never mind. Good. Yeah. Be an encourager. There's enough yes. critics in the world. That's yes. the other quote. I dig yeah. that. Be yeah. an encourager. There's enough critics in the world. Yeah. Like CNN is like on right now. Like <laughs> Chris, like uh. negative being negative. Um and we were saying what uh, the first thing that you said just now, oh, the emotional intelligence piece. Yeah, man. Like when I was going through my psychology stuff uh, for my master's, the teacher would get all upset with me because they're like, well, how do you deal with, how do you deal with it when you're upset? And I'd be like, um, I know that I'm upset. I shut the emotion down. I problem solve. I come up with a plan. And I implement that plan and I make course corrections. And then once I get to the other side or at some point during solving that problem, I find a more constructive emotion. Progress equals happiness. I start to feel progress. I, I find myself happy at the end of solving that equation and triumphant. And I have a stronger self-identity because I just problem solve that. So then I allow myself to feel again. I'm like, essentially, I shut my emotions down while I'm in the problem, no matter how hard it is. And they just hated me they were Man. like you have to feel sad i'm like i don't have to do anything i don't have to yeah, do anything exactly. I, I have to sit here to get this degree and listen to you yeah <laughs> i was like but the way i manage my my emotional work world i know one thing i can feel however i want to feel about it 
but one plus one's only going to equal two. I'm only going to solve that equation by using my mind. Yeah. I was like, my emotions are like misbehaving children. I choose the emotion I want and I implement it if it's effective. Otherwise, I know the emotion. Uh, I assess it. I honor it and I let it burn or I shut it down sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't got time for this. Like, yeah. I'm trying to take over the world. This isn't constructive. And I already <laughs> start going into yeah. some other whole direction. And I'm like, dude. you know, so like, dude, I love that you're hitting that EQ stuff. Man, man. I'm glad that you said that. Actually, yeah. I just picked something up and it's, yeah. so thank you, by the way, for that. And <laughs> no, what, thanks, what I, what I picked up brother was, uh, if, if we can turn the reward system on to our emotions, where you felt gratified by solving the problem, yeah, man. Then we'll look forward to adversity instead exactly. of shy away from it, yeah, dude. Man. Thank you for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate on that tonight and get get more deep on it. So no, that's I like what's up. It. Find, I would say find the purpose within the pain. You unlock yeah. the potential in your process. That's the game, man. The purpose yeah. in that, like, why I'm going to the gym? Like, this hurts, but like, it hurts good because I got the purpose yeah. in it. We're unlocking potential in that process. Boom. Absolutely. Boom. Yeah, that's, what's up. that's the game. Heck yeah, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming and hanging with me. It's um, a pleasure, bro. Oh, last one. What are you up to these days? Where can people find you? So my Instagram is raul.martinez.junior. And the company is Fieldcraft Survival. That's more like company-based, information-based, and just what we're doing as a whole everything from long range marksmanship to vehicle tactics, to combatives, to force on force, which we're launching in the next few, uh, in March, we're launching the force on force training. So we don't even need a range to do this training. We're, we're working uh, hand in hand with Sims. So it's a Sims course. We'll be shooting targets with Sims. Like I said, we could run it anywhere, uh, still give people range time, uh, just all on Sims. So it doesn't, really it cool, doesn't, man. yeah. So it's a lot of fighting. We I have one day for, up, for open enrollment. Yeah. And then one for law enforcement. And it's just going to be, uh, two hours combatives, two hours of the dry pistol work with, uh, the SIM markers, and then an hour of force on force scenarios where you get to test and evaluate yourself. So it's what you've been seeing in the videos, but the evolution yeah. of it. So we can do it anywhere without ranges. It's a lot more. It's a one day, uh, two day. What is it? It's a one day. A lot of our programming is one day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's cool. It's by design. By design, the company runs a five hour training course and it's a one day event because what we've seen is people, when they go to shoot at about 300 rounds, they're tapped out. They're done. Newer shooters, right? Even some experienced shooters. And I've done it in classes and it can be verified by students. I'm like, what time is it? They're like, oh, it's about 11. And I'm like, I knew that. Or I'll be like, it's 11, isn't it? And people are like, yeah, you can just 11. feel the arc of energy. Yeah. And I'm like, there. I just see just the way you're shooting that we're about 250 rounds in. Everybody's about to hit their peak and then be done. So that's why the yeah. classes are five hours. We don't do lunch breaks. The only breaks you get is to drink some water and jam some eggs. And that's it. We run for five yeah. hours straight. And by the time we're done with five hours, people are tapped out or they're done shooting. So one of the two is we try to keep it at the safest, most possible uh, ranges. And that's, that's the safety measure. If people are tired, they're, they're going to do, or they're going to make mistakes. Uh, if they're not yeah. invested anymore, they're going to make mistakes. So we try to right. catch them before that tail end. So like an eight hour course, it's fucking outrageous um, mm-hmm. to keep people that long and then take their money while they're on lunch for an hour. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a thought, man. Damn. And so for us, we run it differently and that's just explaining kind of how we run things. And, uh, yeah. And it's, it's about people's potential. They tap out at about five, four to five hours, or they're done shooting at a three to 400 rounds. So that's why they're five, okay. they're, uh, five hours. And then the one day thing is we can convey the information. And if you need more, 
seek more training, uh, mm-hmm. come back to us or go to somebody else. But yeah. everything's run on those blocks and they're fun, dude. People love that. We love the way the programs run after the fact At first they're always like five hours. And then later they're like, Oh, that makes sense. And then they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> and then they go through it and they're like, that was perfect. That was just enough. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Any websites, anything? Yeah. So fieldcraftsurvival.com uh, okay. under training, they'll see all of our lists. I think we're booked three weekends of every month for the next year. <laughs> we, like you're so, already full or like, or we have dates on the board. Okay. Cool, um, cool, cool. The Chicago one, which is five months out is yeah. I think, I think there's like four slots left, um, which is crazy to sell out classes five months in advance, but people yeah. are looking for training and it's an area we haven't been in. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you want to train fieldcraftsurvival.com or Instagram fieldcraftsurvival, my Instagram, Raul.Martinez.Jr. Wow. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, hit me up. I try to answer all my DMs. So yeah, it's a good yeah. time. Y'all coming out to California anytime soon? So, uh, I mean, I'll look, but I don't know if you got anything on the top of your head. Yeah, we'll be in Paris, California, which is near Riverside, which oh. is near you. Uh, oh. the, so, yeah, I'm doing a concealed carry pistol and a low-profile carbine deployment the 29th of February and the 1st of March. Okay. So. We'll, well be there man, for that. Man, if you get a link up with you there, yeah. bro. You yeah, know, that'd be fun. A little bit of something, <laughs> something. Okay. Yeah. Dang, that's sure. what's up, bro. All right, cool, man. Well, dude, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for man. sharing. Uh, it's an awesome message, man. So that's good stuff. And I, I think the world would be better for, for our time we spent here, man. So that's what's up. I think so thanks. too, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I don't do a lot of podcasts. I don't know if I, I just shy away from them, but I yeah. definitely pick who I talk to. Um, and people, you just know, when you look at their content, you know, you know, their vibe That's and some true. people have it, some <laughs> people don't. And there's no need to like name drop. It's just one of those things where like the people that do surround yourself by them. And that's, yeah. that's what I feel like we did. And I'm super glad that we got to narrow this down like one day notice, like, let's yeah, do it. Like, hey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's how you, up, like man. you said, that's how, you know, it's like, it's easy. Uh, yeah. if it's too hard. It's not worth it sometimes. Yeah. It's not quite right. You know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I'll see y'all out. I'll see you hopefully on the range soon. And cool. uh, thanks again, man. Yeah. All right. Boom. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Essentially, it's everything I know about executive protection and a lot of soft skill training on the techniques, tactics, principles that I believe make it so some protection agents succeed while others fail, regardless of background. Anyways, check it out executiveprotectiontrainingday.com and remember y'all hard skills do save lives but soft skills get you paid boom go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to take your executive protection career to the next level out boom and to support this podcast go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our patreon account That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's, 
hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use, put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.